Hello from the luxurious surroundings of Costa and Lancaster Services. Welcome to the Raw Podcast. I'm joined by Nick Barnes. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. On the back of a a good win. Not necessarily good technically or in terms of entertainment, but good in terms of it keeps the uh, the run going for Sunderland. And I think more than anything else, it uh, demonstrates that Sunderland are capable to sort of mix it up when they need to. I mean, they have to dig in and um, dig deep, if you like, in, in difficult conditions. They've shown they're able to, to show that character to their um, side, as well as the, you know, those more impressive um, technical displays, if you like, against Wickham and Lincoln. Um, and they're showing an ability to manage games, see games out, and, and above all else, keep another clean sheet. I think it was what was what was good about it in a way is that the game itself didn't feel any different to Wickham away when they lost one 0 Shrewsbury away when they lost one 0 Gillingham away when they lost one 0 All of a sudden, it feels as if they're going to win the tight games rather than lose them, which was the case in Phil Parkinson's first first month. And in those conditions, I mean, you can't stress enough for people. I'm sure people have seen videos. The pitch was horrendous. It was truly. I, I think it's even it worse when, when we really. went down to the pitch side to, to do the post match interviews you got a real impression of just how heavy that pitch was I mean, it was you know it looked like a sort of a ginger cake which had had a fork ploughed through it time and again and it was just thick mud um, certainly down the the wings and the near wing we were stood beside it was just sheer mud there was no grass on it at all so you can see how sapping that was for the, the for the players I mean the biggest worry of course is the knock-on for the the weekend, bearing in mind that 11 virtually played the 90 minutes plus. Only Josh Scohan came on for the last few minutes, so one hopes it doesn't take its toll at the weekend. Four clean sheets in a row. What did you you make of of Bailey Wright's debut? I thought he was... I thought he did very well in that he kept things simple in what was probably a night that called for that. Um, he made a brilliant tackle just after someone had scored to stop Kieran Morris scoring it. You could see straight away, I think, why why the manager had him pretty high up on his list. He looks a bit of a cut above, it, certainly on first shot. Well, I, I, I thought it was a steady, commendable debut. I thought he didn't really do anything wrong. Uh, he shows he's more than capable of, uh, of heading the ball as well. He put himself into a lot of positions both ends of the pitch he could have scored with a header early on he was you know heading a lot away from the Sunderland penalty area just reading the game yeah I think when when, play, when defenders are heading balls away all the time it shows they're reading the game well because they're not having to uh, have a sort of um, reflux panic reaction chase it over, their chase back. It over yeah, the back yeah, means they've seen that ball is coming over the top um, and they're dealing with it and Phil before Parkinson it causes did, problems he did say that after didn't he Phil Parkinson he mentioned how good Bailey's reading of the game was yeah. sad, sad night for the Aleem fan club though well I, I feel for, for Aleem um, he's not really done anything wrong over the last month you know he, I think he probably had a feeling himself that he'd become a bit of a fixture in the back three yeah. and then suddenly last night he's dropped to make way for Bailey Wright and, and, and he was dropped he didn't have a knock or anything yeah. um, and that's tough that's tough for Aleem but I think He's shown in the past, I think, you know, he's very resolute. He's a very strong character. I think that season when he was sort of out in the cold after the yeah. early game at AFC Wimbledon and it took him a long time to get back into the team. But when he did, you know, there was it's no kind of there were no tantrums or anything. He just no, got on with no. it. And it is kind of the story, it feels a little bit like the story of his summer career so far. So, so, certain players seem to get 
a lot of games to try and get into form and a lot of opportunities when they dip form and certain players just seem to come straight out at the first sign of it and it feels like Aleem's been kind of a victim of that under both managers not just Phil Parkinson mm-hmm. um, but to be fair to him the, the reason why we probably love and respect him so much is because the amount of times we thought oh I can't see it looks a long way back for Aleem always seems to find his way back in and is always seems to find a way to put in consistent performances so you wouldn't you wouldn't back against him coming back into the side soon rather than no, the you manager wouldn't. actually said that after the game yeah. as well and I think you? you've got to judge it by the number of games they've got coming up in a short space of time as well and are um, you know is everybody going to you know is Joel Lynch for instance going to stay fit for that length of time um, Bailey Wright that's his first game since October Yeah. so for him to come through 90 minutes now it'd be interesting to see whether he gets a start again yeah. so soon at the weekend at Portsmouth, having played 90 after such a long time not playing. Um, and you never know, and he might find he's back in again at the weekend sooner rather than later. I know Phil Parkinson pulled into one side before the game had a long chat with him. Um, that doesn't make Aleem feel any better about you know, not even getting on the bench last night, because that's the other issue. You've now got Flanagan, Ozturk, Lynch, Willis... Right, all vying for three places, so two are always going to be, always going to have their noses put out of joint. The good, the good thing about it though is that was a massive. That part of the pitch was a massive problem this year, last year, sorry, and it's not anymore. And that's kind of the backbone now of what Parkinson's doing. How do you, where do you see things? Obviously, there'll be all sorts of rumours before even this podcast comes out. But in terms of January, what do you make of what they've done so far, well, I, and, what, and what they need to still need to do? Well, what I've seen, I, I mean, Josh going look. The, I've seen five minutes of him in a Sunderland shirt, so it'd be, it would be rash of me to make a judgment on Scoen. But judging by the, 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 his track record, it looks good, and, and he's spoken well of. I mean, so I think you know I'd have to sort of veer towards saying that looks like a good signing. He looks like you can see why he's called the rat, even in that five minutes last yeah. night. You're chasing down the energy. It's, it's the right profile to play for Sunderland as well. What, it, it fits that profile that Phil Parkinson wants: athletic, energetic, pressing players. He looks, Good age, he, bit of it looks, looks like that. Yeah. Um, Lafferty, uh, what we've seen in him again, he looks like he's going to be a handful for defences. He's big. He's, I mean, I actually thought last night um, with Manny Month being six foot four and causing a few problems for White that he may have brought Lafferty on I think to, he was to about combat to, wasn't that. He? Yeah, he that was it, definitely it, thinking of sending off, actually. The, uh, that was classic um, classic centre-forward play, just he was about to get hooked. Charlie yeah, White managed it, to get his head on the corner, a um, free-kick stick one in. But, so, yeah. you know, Lafferty again looks like he's the sort of uh, perfect foil, if you like, for White. If White's not playing, Lafferty's a natural, just slides into that position. Uh, and Bailey Wright, we've just been chatting about him and um, on last night's performance, yeah, looks good. Um, and he speaks well. Spoke to him afterwards. Uh, Leader, you can tell he, that he, he's away. very much yeah. someone who's um, here because he wants to be here, not because Bristol City have yeah, kicked yeah. him out. You know, it, it's um, something he wants to. You know, he, he he knows it's a club with history. He knows it's a big club. He knows he's still got you know um, a part to play. And, and, and okay, it's a loan until the end of the season. But he was very. Uh, forward about yeah he would like that loan to be turned into a permanent in the summer the, the good thing seems to be I think I've been quite impressed with how the managers managed the whole month because he seems to be recruiting to a plan and what I've been by that is and it's not always the case for Sunderland every player who comes in 
straight away you can see where they fit into the current system which is quite good and to be fair the manager the football <coughs> as we've seen in the last couple of games the football's not always particularly exciting although it has been at times um, but he handled that period where he was getting a lot of criticism and, and rightly so I would argue with a lot of grace uh, a lot of guts and came through and to be fair I think he's shown that in the transfer window as well and right and scouring he's had to be very patient for and probably endured a lot of sleepless nights but that kind of experience he's got and that level head seems to be really paying off for some London Well, well and, and coming back to the your, your question about who else do you see coming in I mean clearly he's looking for a left wing back yeah as cover for Denver Hume and um, again judging by the way he's conducted his business so far he'll have names that he's been sitting on hoping that the deals are going through Um, and the other one seems to be an attacking midfielder but I'm wondering how much a priority that is Um, now Scoen's come in um, it does feel like they could maybe do with a bit of craft because Maguire and Gooch have been excellent but over and if an Maguire 18, or Gooch gets injured or yeah, Maguire's form dips well and, that, and over an 18 month period there has been times when that's happened with both those players so yeah, I think yeah. you can understand why supporters are probably quite anxious for just a little bit of cover if more than anything else because those two have been brilliant at times in the last 18 months but they have also had spells when well, I think we've also got bit. a situation which we saw last season someone pointed out last night it was around this sort of time that suddenly suddenly started to dip their energy yeah. levels dipped they looked tired well, Gu- they Gucci's, were playing all those Gucci's games Gucci's last goal last season was January 22nd and, then, it, and then so those bodies could be absolutely invaluable if you're going to make that push especially with the way the table at the moment is so tight you know there's, there's very little margin for error now Peterborough mm-hmm. Oxford Coventry um, Ipswich they're all cranking up the pressure at the moment because they're all getting results. They're all keeping the pressure cranked up on the other teams. It's been a brilliant January, but February is going to be the defining month, isn't it? I mean, by the time March 2nd comes around, Sunderland will have played Oxford, Ipswich, Portsmouth, Coventry City. And, I, I and feel three like of those away from home. Three of those away from home. I feel like after those games, we're really going to know exactly where this team's yeah. at. I, mean, I still think everyone's chasing one place. I think Rotherham... Um, with their guile, their experience, the run they're on at the moment, I think they're very much the Luton Town of this season. I think now they're hitting like the top. Feels like it. I was a brilliant result against Ipswich. Yeah, it's a statement in. as well. Yeah, you know, they've beaten, recruited well, well as well. They've had a good January, I think, as well. And they, and historically, we know with Paul Warren, they're very fit. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that that, that Rotherham team yeah. is, which is, which is interesting. The profile of Rotherham being really, really fit, and Sunderland and Phil Parkinson saying one of the key things this team needs to be is fit because that's the nature of League One, if you want the little edge. And Nick Allenby was talking about that when he arrived, that 10% extra. That 10% extra, when it's so tight at the top of the table, could be the 10% that takes you up. Well, you've been eyeing that Greg's door up, so I'm going to leave you in peace to, uh, to crack on with it. Thanks for listening, and uh, keep your eye on the Sunday Deco for all the transfer window updates in the last day or so.